Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, <laughs> hardworking <laughs> Star Wars prequel trilogy loving wife yeah. and co-host Michelle. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. That is right. We do love this, the prequels and yeah. we'll be telling you why we love them in just a little bit. And little something extra with a little someone special extra. guest uh, added on to that as right. well so uh thank you for joining us today we are recording this episode well most of this episode on <laughs> sunday november 21st 2021 we recorded portion of it that special guest uh yesterday right. so on, that was on uh, november 20th but there's some important news today that really is tied to this weekend so that's why we need to make sure you have the date in here so you know when this all happened yeah, exactly because things get dated very, very quickly oh in the world nowadays. It's a changing world, all changing the time. all the time. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. Of the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, we have a cute little newsletter that we'd love you to sign up for if you haven't already. It's a cute little newsletter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate that you signed up for it if you already have. If you haven't, go on, go on over to the website and there'll be lots of ways for you to uh, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. We get try and get stuff out to you a little bit earlier than virtually any place else. And it's, right. it's just a way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Right. We, As you said, we appreciate everybody who has already signed up. And we want to remind you that we don't share that email address with anyone. Nope. It's just, just specifically to send you once a week that newsletter. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Oh, I'm using that word exactly a lot. Exactly. <laughs> Gee, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also appreciate it if you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us in the Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group where we're having a lot of positive Disney energy fun with a lot of uh, folks out there. Yeah, it's a great group and we really would love for you to invite your friends and family to join along. Yeah, it's growing every week and we'd love for you to be a part of it if you're not already. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures podcast. Hit subscribe. And you know whenever we have a new video there. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Right, whether, whether it's just to say hi or ask questions or suggestions for topics that you want to hear us talk about. Uh, we love hearing from you. Yes, uh, in any way, whether it's there or through social media, we love listener input. Speaking of listener input, we got a ton of it this week yeah. after uh, last week's episode, our Disney songs that get stuck in your head, in our <laughs> heads, but we don't mind it episode. Lot Apparently that touched, uh, we got stuck in a lot of people's heads, apparently, yeah, because yeah. Uh, we got a lot of input from that. And I'm going to go through a few of these uh, that came uh, from our listeners, from our friends out there in social media mm -hmm. and through the uh, Gmail account and so forth. Uh, first, it started with Jacqueline, who you can find on Instagram and uh, on Twitter and various uh, areas right. of social media, including her great YouTube channel. She's at Pixie Dust PhD, and she wanted to chime in with a song that she would have on her list 
is a song that gets stuck in her head, and that is Triple Mint Gum <laughs> from the Inside Out, right. of course, which is hilarious. <laughs> it is cute. Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you, Jacqueline. Right. Uh, Eric, uh, who is also known as uh, Main Street Electrical Arcade, hit us up on Twitter. You can find him at Arcade Main. Said, so I do genuinely love Gitchy Gitchy Goo. Yeah. But there is one Phineas and Ferb song that I think is a bit more of an earworm. And he posted uh, the link to the YouTube video for Ain't Got Rhythm. Right. That is a good one, too. It's hard to choose. Like, There's like so many. Yes. Squirrels in your pants. I yes, mean, that on. was another one that could have been there. I mean, even just the theme song itself. Right. I mean, there's so many things That's from true. Phineas and Ferb that could have been a part of this. Uh, and yeah, actually, I had that on my possibilities because I was wondering wow. if that might be on your list. I was ready to play that if it had come in there. So and Awesome. It, and well, we, ha- we had so many songs that I just couldn't add another uh, you know, uh, right. honorable mention, but sure. definitely worthy of being on there for sure. So yeah. thank you, Eric. Yeah, Eric. Good Phineas and Ferb song. There you go. For sure. Uh, over in the uh, Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group, we uh, received these notes from a few people. Uh, Sue hit us up and said, just finished listening to this podcast at work. Now I'm getting on everyone's nerves singing <laughs> It's a Small World. <laughs> really enjoyed this one. Thank you, Sue. Yay, appreciate th- it. Yeah, yeah, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Scott in Minnesota said, hey, Tom and Michelle, I love this week's episode with Disney songs that get stuck in your head. One that is not only stuck, but is permanently echoing through the halls of my mind is... Is the organ music bed from the Haunted Mansion, which I believe is a different version of Grim Grinning Ghost. Right, but right, yeah. More of an, more of an organ sound yeah, to it. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. He also went on to go say, and your mention of Enchanted being on Disney Plus and the songs from it directly led me to watching it Tuesday night. Get out of my head. <laughs> it's our plan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, thank you, Scott. Yeah. Uh, Rachel from Part of Our World Podcast, our great friend Rachel, mm-hmm. uh, chimed in with, Hi, Tom and Michelle. I enjoyed listening to the show this week. I was hoping that Michelle getting a three-day weekend, yes, Michelle had a three-day weekend yes. this week, which was nice, uh, means you were coming to Disney World <laughs> to meet up with us. Oh, oh. So do we, believe really? me. We wish we were out yes. there, too. And uh, we we're already seeing a lot of pictures and videos uh, from Keenan and Rachel out at uh, Walt Disney World in yes. total FOMO right, right now. I was just going to say the same thing. Yes. You guys are, look like Very you're having jealous. a great time. And yeah. So I'm glad. Keep them coming. Yes. Uh, she went on to say, and the song that got stuck in my head was drum roll. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Shining at, at the, the end, end of every day. day. Now that's stuck in my head, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> and maybe in Rachel's again. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. She said, uh, have a lovely day. So oh, thank, uh, you. thank you very much for those. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was mentioning to you right after the show as we were buzzing around the, in that afternoon because I was wondering which of those songs would get stuck in my head. And the one that got stuck in my head after that show was the uh, Get Your Ears On. Right. You know, it's a good time. You yeah. know, from that's the one that I was like, oh, that was a weird one. I wasn't expecting that one right. to be the one that got stuck in my head, but that was mine. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was a good choice that you had on it, too. Yeah. So. so thanks, everybody, for your input. We have a couple more that I'm going to bring up here in a second, but uh, thanks for all your input to this point right. from that one. And we always appreciate it for any topic that we have or any subject that we have going on uh, throughout the show. Uh, by the way, speaking, if you want to support our show, well, there's a couple of ways you can do that. One is through our spread shirt shop uh, where we have lots of interesting uh, items and wearable goods and different colors, different logos, all sorts of different stuff. Um, I I actually looked it up because they've changed our 
a web address for that shop. Oh, wow. It's a little bit. So it's hyperion-adventures-podcast.myspreadshop.com. Again, hyperion-adventures-podcast.myspreadshop.com. Uh, probably if you just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast, it would come up as well. But yeah, that is you could use the link like on... Um on Twitter, yeah, it brings you there. Yeah, we have this. We have it in various different locations, right. so you can find it really easily. So, uh, just to let you know. Uh, also, another way to support our show is through our Patreon page, where we give out swag of different levels to everybody who joins in, tiers as low as two dollars per month, and that is Patreon.com/slash Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And we really appreciate those of you who have already done that. Um, thank you so very much. And there's one other way that you can help support us, and that is with a five star review yes so uh whatever way that you can support us we really appreciate it and love you all yes and if you give us a five-star review we will be reading it on an upcoming episode of yeah. the hyperion adventures podcast thanks to everybody who's already given us reviews we've gotten mm. so many wonderful um input reviews all sorts of things that yeah. really help make us feel good about this show and we appreciate that very much now speaking of things that make us feel good uh it's time for our segment that we like to call my favorite thing <laughs> from this week where we just kind of look at the week that was and pick out one thing or maybe a couple things that you know, call it out to us. It could be Disney related. It could be personal. It doesn't really matter. It's just what my favorite thing is from this week. And we always start with Michelle with these because she has the best lists. She does the best research. We know she has the best tips, but she usually has the best favorite thing from this week. So Michelle, what is your favorite thing from this week? Well, I guess it's kind of glomming off of last week's, but just having experienced it was wonderful. And that was having an extra day off during the week to spend with you. And it was nice to just, chill have time with you that mm -hmm. we could just you know sit around and talk and have a good time yep. loved start, it start doing a little planning for our upcoming vacation mm -hmm. that's coming up mm -hmm. here yeah here. yeah and some other fun four things weeks coming from up. today actually yeah got to finalize some plans to go see uh, Hamilton yes too. yes we have that coming up here in uh, what is it only like two, two weeks. weeks two weeks mm -hmm. from today wow yeah so, that's coming up soon yeah, yeah we're gonna get to see Hamilton again right. up in LA and we're really really excited for that for yeah sure. it was fun so. arranging some uh some brunch plans with family yeah well, we didn't arrange it. Yeah. We have to shout out to Joyce. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for arranging those. <laughs> really appreciate that. And we're looking forward to doing brunch and going seeing, we're doing, seeing a matinee show up in LA. Yeah. It'll be fun it's with exciting. family. So it'd be good. Yeah. So uh, great choice. Uh, my favorite thing from this week was uh, having to do with the vacation plans. And Michelle mm -hmm. did a wonderful job of staying up much later than I do on a, any night which is not a it's not a <laughs> high bar to yeah set. No, i was gonna it's, say it's, it's a really low bar to leap over um but she did check us in for our upcoming disney cruise our very merry time disney cruise that we have coming up four weeks from today and yeah got us an early time and we're all ready to go and uh, sail on our first disney cruise since we were aboard the very last Disney ship at sea when the pandemic struck. I so know, it's going to be hard to believe. interesting getting back and um, we're really looking forward to that. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. Also, uh, this one is another thing that could have been my favorite thing from this week, but I'm going to leave it for the person that actually witnessed this in person. Uh, and that comes from Jonathan who wrote in to us on, uh, I think it was on our Facebook page. He mm -hmm. said, uh, my favorite thing from this week, we love the top five 
songs that get stuck in your head episode. But I think Lorelai, their <laughs> our cutest Hyperion adventurer, right. Lorelai, loved it the most. She got up and danced every time a song got sampled. And Jonathan and his wife, Camille, both posted videos yeah. um, of Lorelai uh, dancing away to the various different songs throughout it. And that just, it just made my heart soar. It's oh, I know. It's so wonderful to uh, see. It is. It's, it's great to, well, first of all, it's just great hearing from listeners of your interaction with us. It means so much. It really encourages us to continue to do this podcast. Um, but just to realize how many wonderful people out there and uh, Lorelai is, she's got the moves. The girl's <laughs> a great <laughs> dancer. I'm so jealous. But anyways, it she's adorable. And we appreciate that uh, Jonathan and Camille shared that with us and yeah. with the group. Yeah, that was so nice to see. So uh, we I posted it on several social media channels. You can find it there if you haven't seen it already. But it, it is adorable. Yes. And you need to check it out. So also from Scott in Minnesota, he hit us up. Scott in Minnesota hit us up again and said his favorite thing from this week was celebrating his mother's birthday by taking her right? out to try curling for the first time. Michelle was jealous of that I because was, she's always wanted to try curling. I know, I know, and I loved I loved the idea. I loved the pictures and so exciting yeah we've looked Huge. into it in the past around here even so much so as we've like signed up for groups of when email shout outs of when they were doing you know right. learn to curl things but we just never have gone through with it went ahead and did it but um at some point we're going to do it and it, it looks like fun and we're so glad yeah. that you had a blast doing that scott yeah yeah what a great idea for a birthday celebration and again um Happy belated birthday wishes to your mom. Yeah, that is very, very cool. So uh, moving on to this week's show, we have lots of stuff for you this week, including we have several announcements of things to come from the Destination D23 event that's happening this weekend at the Walt Disney World Resort. Lots yeah. of news, lots of interesting things happening that we'll be looking forward to discussing. Yeah. Uh, before the fan event, we received news about the reimagining of a Disneyland park land. We'll talk about that as well. And we have important information you'll need to know if you have a Disney cruise scheduled for 2022 and beyond. But enough about that. Let's get to our main topic of the week. So, Michelle, you know, with the dropping of the little sizzle reel that we had mm -hmm. for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new series coming to Disney yeah. Plus here in uh, sometime in 2022, uh, it was great to see Ewan McGregor again getting set for that role. We know Hayden Christensen's returning for right. at least a little bit as Anakin. And it got us thinking about, you know, the prequels and that, you know, even though they, they tend to get a little bit of, I don't know. I'm not going to say hate, but right. you know, some people are like, oh, the prequels, they're not that great or whatever. They're not the original trilogy right. or whatever. Um, we love them very much and we think right. they're fantastic. We've grown to love them even more over the years. And so we thought we'd kind of share what we love about the prequels. Right. Kind of remind everybody, you know, just what they did love about it. Because I think if you don't take the time to watch it, sometimes mm -hmm. you forget that, hey, there were a lot of great aspects about the prequels right and there's one thing to have us involved with it you know kind of we've talked about the prequels in the past we went through and broke down every single star wars right. film 
So you kind of know our viewpoint as people who grew up watching the original trilogy, then to the prequels and now to the sequel trilogy. Uh, but we wanted to get another viewpoint for somebody who was very young, actually wasn't really alive when the prequels <laughs> kind of came out. So we invited our family member, our cousin, Zachary Maine, onto the show to get his viewpoint on it as well. Zach, welcome to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So we've had him on before. Right. We had him on. We did a Walt Disney World trip together with him and his family right. a while back. And we did the uh, the family game show last year, which was a lot of fun as well. Right. So it's good to have him back. And it'll be fun to talk about that. Absolutely. And he always brings a lot of great perspective. Zach, I'm always very impressed with some of the things that you capture when we've been talking about whether it's Star Wars or Marvels and everything. So we're very honored that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, Star Wars and Marvel's my whole world. So. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Can relate with that. Yes. That's for sure. That's for sure. So uh, tell the listeners a little bit of more about yourself, Zach. Uh, how old are you? And, and when did you start really falling in love with Star Wars? Well, I'm 14. And the first Star Wars movie I watched was actually Return of the Jedi. Ooh, my dad one. showed it to me when I was around four. And I instantly <laughs> fell in love with it. Um, I didn't actually start watching the prequels until much later because we didn't actually own them. Mm -hmm. um, but once I started watching the prequels as a kid, I also fell in love with them too. Nice. Awesome. nice. So what do you consider yourself like uh, if you were to pick of the three trilogies, do you consider yourself the biggest fan of the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy or the sequel trilogy? Definitely the original, mm -hmm. but I, I love them all. Star awesome. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Yeah. <laughs> good. You fit right in right, right here for right. sure. Yeah. And I know you've been enjoying a lot of the other things that have kind of come out from the trilogies as well, whether it be the movies or some of the things that are on Disney Plus like Mandalorian. So um, like I said, I know that you've brought some really good ideas to that or, you know, how your perspective of some of those things are. Do you have a favorite? Um, The Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah, love the love, Clone Wars. It's, Clone a, it's Wars. an amazing show, right? I mean, some people think it's just the kids' show, but it's really for everyone. No, exactly. I mean there there are some episodes that are like they tend to stray a little more on the kids' side, but there's so much real depth involved in the Clone right. Wars, uh, and that brings much so much more. Uh, to the actual prequels themselves that if you right. even if you weren't necessarily a prequels fan we suggest watching the clone wars because i, I believe it will build a lot of the lore and, and actually make you look at those movies quite differently right yeah. it's like a nice bridge right exactly yeah so so how we're going to do this today is we're going to do well we're going to do a list because we love doing lists here on this <laughs> show uh, it's not gonna be a five favorite list we're going to just pare it down to three things that we love about the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And we have a right, guest with us. Because everything is three, right? Trilogies. That's true. That's a good point. Michelle's <laughs> odd concept. Michelle always has the best points. Uh, that's why we had to go through it this way. So uh, we always start, normally we start with Michelle, but we have a guest with us. Yeah. So guests get priority this time. So we're going to start with our number three favorite thing we love about the Star Wars trilogy and start with Zach. Zach, what is your third favorite thing? Okay. Well, like I said, I started watching Star Wars pretty young. And I know that there's a lot of criticism with the prequels now, but as a kid, the prequels were the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, that one big battle scene in Attack of the Clones, right. I would watch that on repeat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I would force my dad to sit through the first like hour and a half of the movie just to get to that one. <laughs> force and, him. I know your dad. I'm sure it was really tough to force him. To do that. Yeah, it was really tough to force him to watch Star Wars. But, um, yeah, I just think that the prequels are just amazing for like kids and younger people. Yeah. Because of how much action and the just how amazing the action is with all the Jedi. Yeah. Right, right. Agreed. I know that battle scene is pretty incredible. And I remember seeing one of the shows, I don't remember, you know, how they have the um, documentaries about it, where they said, you know, um, George Lucas wanted everything in that battle scene, including the kitchen sink. And they actually do have, and, and they've shown it where there is a kitchen sink in the <laughs> battle. <laughs> really interesting stuff. So yeah. great, great choice. That is. Love it. Uh, Michelle, what is your third favorite thing that you love about the Star Wars prequel trilogy? Okay, so my third thing is um, just Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think his performance is just so exceptional. Um, and it, it's really cool just watching his character develop more and more over the prequel to very much be in sync with the original Alec Guinness, um, you know, whether you're talking about his mannerisms, even just how he kind of giggles or chuckles and everything. And, and you could see that, that as an actor, he really, you know, did everything to embody taking a very young Obi-Wan and bridging that to um, what we see in the original trilogy. Yeah, you see him almost uh, develop uh, throughout the series as he did as a Jedi, right. essentially, but also the homage he's paying uh, to the great actor Alec Guinness, you right. know, and, and you know, mimicking so many of his mannerisms. Yes, uh, it was really impressive. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. What do you think about uh, Ewan McGregor? Or am I stealing already one of yours? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor's great. I mean, he really adds depth to Obi Wan. Right. Who, I mean, in the original trilogy, he was in one movie, and you didn't really know a lot about him. So I right, think right. you know, he really helps you understand who he is. Great. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So great choice. All right. Choice. Thank you. So we're at your number three. My number three was, well, I mean, it for me, after you know, growing up watching the original trilogy, uh, it was just great because, I mean, you did see some lightsaber battles, obviously. There's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. There's, uh, I think I just take one of Michelle's. Uh, <laughs> there is uh, Luke and Darth Vader a couple of times. But, you know, if you just seeing them, you know, battle and they are important battles, but Darth Vader's in that suit. He's not really right. up to where he would be as you would expect him to be as a mm -hmm. Jedi. Obi-Wan's an older guy. Luke is, you know, <laughs> still learning everything. So the battles are great, but they're not the intricate battles you expected to see from Jedi right. at their top level. And mm -hmm. so right at the bat, you get to the prequel trilogies and you're seeing Jedi with uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan right. immediately do amazing things that you always hoped you'd see from Jedi. And you see that throughout this and you don't, I mean, it's the one uh, trilogy that you really see. You don't even see that in the sequel trilogy. You, you, you do see a little bit of battling and you do see some uh, of the skill, but you don't have as many Jedi where you mm -hmm. get so many different styles and so much different action from the Jedi in the prequel trilogy. And I, it really is part of what endears it to me yes me too i'll talk more on that later <laughs> but yeah we're synchronized with there at least go. one of our topics but go. yes yes <laughs> uh zach what, any thoughts on the 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 jedi there did, did i take one of yours as well <laughs> I mean, 
you know, the Jedi battles are just amazing. They're so cool. You watch them fly through the air and, you know, it's really intense. I mean, right. and that's like part of what I was saying when how you love it as a kid because right. you're completely mesmerized by the yes. way it works. Yes. For sure. For sure. So, so those are our number threes. Well, maybe also one of Michelle's higher ones. <laughs> Let's get to Zach's number two favorite thing he loves about the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Well, I mean, I've been, we've been talking about how it helps us understand what happens later in the right. universe. So what I really love is how you understand who Darth Vader really is. Right. Because you get to see Anakin develop from like a small child on Tatooine right. to, you know, a young Padawan Jedi. And eventually you see him turn bad and become the beloved villain that we all know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, the uh, the change from Anakin is this yeah, little kind of beloved little kid who, right. you know, has some obviously interesting abilities. Uh, but then, you know, what he has to go through, the different challenges he faces and how and why he turns from, you know, the light side to the dark side. Right. It's, uh, it is an interesting uh, path to go along for right. sure. Well, and again, you know, when you're seeing the original trilogies and you see him so bad um and then be able to have a little bit more understanding you know and it kind of ties in some of those issues of gray that mm -hmm. you know you may not agree with what he has become but you at least can maybe have even some compassion mm -hmm. for how he became Darth right. Vader. And that is brought even more to light in the Clone Wars. Right. I mean, we're talking only about the movies here, but the Clone Wars even gives you more insight into all that he, what he was uh, as a Jedi and also why it led to this, where he ends up being for, you know, right. the, the original trilogy. So interesting. Yeah. Good so one. Good one, Zach. Yeah. So Michelle, what is your number two or is number two the one that I stole? No, oh, no, you boy. stole my number one. I stole one. the number one. <laughs> It's okay. I'm going to hear about this later. <laughs> Not really. Okay. So my number two, and I, and I got to try to figure out how to phrase this, is Palpatine. And not that he's my favorite character. Okay. Um, in fact, he's like not. He is so icky and creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in that scene where they're at a, a, at a performance and he and Anakin are sitting together like in the booth and that whole conversation. It just... Ooh, it just gives me the eebie-jeebies. Um, but just how pivotal of a character he was for the entire, um, you know, from start to finish. And he's one of those, I mean, yes, there are some characters that are at, in the prequels all the way through. But he really, you know, kind of embodies in a very important part about that. And, um, you know, how intricate of a plan that you could see in the prequels that he was laying the all these layers of foundation for this chaos and for his plan to ultimate power um, come into place it was just really intriguing to see that in one character and you know how he defined what is a sith mm -hmm. and that there are only two and how he took and kind of like what zach was saying here before really an innocent, very compassionate, genuinely, um, you know, caring and giving child become like the ultimate bad guy, you know, and how Palpatine was doing that and his plan. It was just so amazing mm -hmm. to see how one character could 
do so much, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, so much bad, but that it could do so much that he could actually at change the core of a person mm-hmm. to Com- be completely different. Completely agree with you. Uh, Zach, you have any thoughts on uh, Palpatine? I mean, I didn't even think about that, but that was that's really good. I mean, Palpatine really just changed the entire galaxy. Right. By sitting behind the scenes doing nothing. So right. I think yeah, and, and it just, it was so sly, like you never saw it coming. I mean, you know, you you even take, you know, um, how he, you know, would just slightly get a little bit more power and get a little, but but he made it seem like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just filling in for a second here. I'm just going to be, you know, a rescuer just because we're in a bad shape and, you know, and it's like, oh, wait, now it's too late. You know, he's up there with the ultimate power and yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, with Palpatine, uh, playing the long game throughout it, you know, willing to wait this whole thing out and let it play out. And even when some things don't go exactly the way he originally uh, saw them Mm -hmm. happening, he was able to adjust, adapt, and make things work to obtain his ultimate goal in the end. Um, And, you know, the brilliance of playing this kind of dual role within the, you know, as Darth Sidious, right. uh, you know, uh, you know, and being this evil Sith Lord. Meanwhile, to the Republic, he's there as uh, Chancellor Palpatine, this kind of frail old, you know, really sweet old man, right. you know, <laughs> that, that people love and being able to play both of those parts. Credit to Ian McDermott, who ends up playing right. is, is the actor who plays that character, who just played him masterfully. And again, it just, the way he just, you're right, completely changed the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, created this civil war out right. of nothing that didn't need to be there right. uh, to um, to get this all going, to spread the Jedi across the galaxy so they would be much more easy to hunt down right. when it's all said and done. Uh, it was brilliantly, it was brilliantly planned by right. him, you know, on for a bad way. But, right. <laughs> um, it is interesting to see how it plays out through the uh, prequel trilogy yeah. for sure. Yeah. So. Great choice. Mm, thank you. Great thank choice. You. So we're at your number two, right? My number two is going to go back all the way to the Phantom Menace, but it's going to be that original duel that everybody knows and really people love. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you think about the Phantom Menace, most everybody loves the duel between Qui-Gon Obi-Wan and Darth Maul there at the end mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that there is, you know, obviously it's just a great duel. I mean, you, you know, you, you see Darth Maul who's just really impressive mm-hmm. and quite a skilled uh, duelist. And, and then you had the unique styles of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan right. Kenobi at their top, you know, and, and doing their best. But then there's so much other, so many other things at play there within this excellent battle the fact that right in in, within that battle you can argue and dave filoni does this if you go to disney gallery the mandalorian in one of the episodes he talks about how much is at play during that battle the fact that if qui-gon survives that battle right he would be the one who is training anakin skywalker and what happens with anakin his path may have been altered significantly because one qui-gon is a much more you know, trained, seasoned Jedi. Right. Obi-Wan is still a Padawan at that point. Right. He takes over that role, not really even knowing how to to, to train anybody specifically. 
Uh, but then, you know, Qui-Gon was always one who kind of bent the rules anyway. So he would understand Anakin bending the rules and be able right. to work with him. But, you know, and I just, it would have been interesting to see how it played out, what happens with mm-hmm. Anakin across the course of the series if Qui-Gon survives that battle. Right, right. No, that's a really excellent point. So. Zach, had you ever thought about that? I mean, yeah, you're right. It's such a pivotal battle. I mean, even though it happens at the beginning of the storyline that we're aware of so far, right? it really changes everything because if that didn't happen, who knows what the galaxy would have been like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the song that's in the back of it is called Duel of the Fates for a Reason, and that is... A lot of <laughs> reason behind it. I'm stealing too much of Michelle. That's let's, all right. No, let's no, quickly no. get to Zach for his number one favorite thing he loves about the Star Wars prequel just... trilogy. <laughs> Zach, what's your number one? So this isn't totally in the prequel trilogy, but what I love is how all the characters and stuff blend into the Clone Wars. Mm. Oh, yeah. We were talking about it earlier a little bit, but the Clone Wars is just an amazing show. It's packed with action and story right. and brings depth to, like, the clones who were always masked. Mm, right. We're seeing them. So the way that all the characters in the prequels and all the depth that they have can then be brought into this other show and sure. then gain more character development it really makes you understand who the people are and you can really like feel with them. Yeah. yeah that's an excellent point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But, um, so much, I mean the, the clone wars, there's so much brought to the, the clones themselves and how much you, you learn about them and how, uh, even though that they are made up of the same person out of Django Fett and they all have a very similar look. As a matter of fact, right. they sound almost identically the same. They look, if you were not to do the things they do, they look almost identically the same, but they take on their own individuality, whether it's through tattoos, haircuts, whatever, what they mm-hmm. do with their armor. They do so many different things to differentiate themselves, uh, to individualize themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's really impressive to uh, take all that on and, and learn more about them. And right. it's, it's fascinating yeah. stuff for sure. Well, Zach, I had never thought about that. And I think you're right. You know, having watched the prequel does make watching Clone Wars, you know, so much, so much more um, alive and important, you know, like if you just were to watch Clone Wars and really didn't see that origin story from the prequels, yes, it would still be a great series, but I don't know that you would have had the same connection if you didn't first see the the prequels. So that's awesome. Vice versa too. Right. If you didn't watch the Clone Wars, the prequels aren't as deep right right yeah there's there's a little bit of a gap there um especially like with anakin and understanding he seems kind of whiny sometimes in the prequels and (laughs) and kind of understanding that he's not just this whiny kid who was destined to turn to the dark side that there was a lot more behind it a lot more that how great a hero he actually was for the Republic during this time. And that all gets exposed within the Clone Wars. Right. Well, I could talk about the Clone Wars all day. I would love to sit down and talk with about the Clone Wars with you, Zach, at some point, because oh, uh, I, I, love I, it. I, I see a part two to this. Uh, so great choice. Uh, Michelle, what is your number one? Oh, I already know what your number one yes. is, but can you uh, yeah, <laughs> elaborate, elaborate on it a little, little more? more. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, so yeah, it is the the fact that they have you know the the much more sophisticated lightsaber battles, you know, um, and using Zach words from before, it's mesmerizing uh, to to watch these and, and just you know uh, there were like two favorites that I wanted to to point out is and it's one that you already talked about was that trio um battle with um obi-wan and qui-gon and darth maul and you know you you look at hey two against one and two really like amazing jedis you'd think this would be a slam dunk done you know um and so it it really was interesting to see that they were struggling together you know and like you said the duel of the fates that music that um john williams plays and maybe you can play that in the background as i'm talking <laughs> <laughs> um, in other words you better play that in the background I'm while right. i'm talking <laughs> um you know but i just you know i think it really um was very impactful on how that music was very impactful and how it really contributed to the suspense mm -hmm. of that fight that was going on. The other thing that was interesting during that battle was how they kept cutting, doing cutaways to other things going on simultaneously. And it was kind of like that even like built up more anxiousness. And you're like, I just need to see how this battle is going to turn out. Stop showing me this other <laughs> stuff. Get back to the scene. Um, and I think, again, that just kind of really they did a great job with that to build the emotion of, of that battle. Um, you know, and so I thought that was just spectacular. Mm -hmm. um, the other one was in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Sith. And that, you know, with the ultimate duo, right, between, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin. And, you know, obviously the choreography was amazing. But the symbolism that they used, you know, that they were, you know, uh, you know, the fiery background and, you know. You, 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 there Basically was going to hell. Right, yeah. right. And, you know, and then the fact that the, the footing that they were on, you know, was not stable, you know, it was like whether they were trying to climb a tower that was starting to fall or they were on rock or metal that wasn't melted yet. I mean, it, it just really played into that whole it's it's not just a difficult battle. It's difficult because there's other things around it, but it's all very symbolic. Um, you know, so I thought that was, you know, pretty cool. And um, you could also see in that that battle that it was almost like Obi-Wan hadn't yet totally given up on Anakin. He was still trying to, you know, hand him the olive branch that, hey, you know, I know we're fighting right now and I know you're in a bad spot. In fact, he says, you know, you're truly lost. But, you know, I do love you and, you know, rethink this right now. But also at that same time, you're seeing Anakin take that last step that last commitment to being evil and deciding to totally, you know, disband his belief to want to be a Jedi. Mm -hmm. And it was so impactful, that whole battle. It wasn't just a duel. It was really two people go choosing paths, you know, and it, and it was just so amazing to see that happen mm -hmm. on the screen like that. Exactly. Great and, storytelling. And that's the reason why that duel is my number one moment. And I'll get to that in a second. But uh, Zach, before I start to talking about it, I want to hear your impression on that final duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I mean, I love that duel. It's probably the best lightsaber fight in the right. entire saga. Um, 
it's just amazing the way that they choreographed it and the way that they're fighting. And right. like you said, you can really tell the struggles that like Obi-Wan's having within himself. Right. I mean, he calls Anakin his brother numerous times right. because basically he's been taking care of Anakin since he was young too. Right, right. And of course, you get the famous high ground quote. Right, yes. Yes. <laughs> Which we all use over and over again. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so it's my number one. One, I can't, I, I struggle watching it now, especially after watching The Clone Wars because mm -hmm. you, you, you know the love that those two have between one right. another. Um, you, 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 it breaks my heart every time mm -hmm. seeing that and I want it to turn out differently every time I watch it. There's so much emotion uh, within that battle. I mean, Anakin, his rage and his fear Right. There's a fear involved with this has taken over him and it, it, it pushes him to the point where he he won't come back, right. you know, at least not right away. Um, and it's just it's heartbreaking to see. Meanwhile, you know, just as you it was perfectly said, Michelle, as it was mentioned, Obi-Wan didn't even want he, he's his brother. He did not want to go right. and battle him. But Yoda said, you know, yeah. we need you to do this. Right. And even when he arrives on Mustafar, he does not want to do it. But as he sees what is before him with right. Anakin, he's resigned. I need to do this. But still is trying to talk him out down right. from it uh, throughout the battle. It is so there's so much emotion. Um, the the score, the mm -hmm. the scenery. Um, the battle itself, it is so impactful and it wrecks me now right. um, that it's it's really, really tough uh, to watch, but it was well, well, well done. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Like I said, uh, ultimate storytelling there. Mm -hmm. They used everything <laughs> to get that, you know, all that emotion and all that action in one scene. Mm -hmm. For sure. So. Yeah. So great choices all the way around. I think the bottom line is here, we all have loved right. the prequel trilogy, you know, even though it does have its faults. I don't think there's any of the trilogies that don't have right, their faults, right. but that one does have its faults. I think the bottom line is there's so much greatness to that, uh, to those movies that uh, draws us back to watching them over and over again. Right, right. Well, and, and I think what Zach was bringing up about the importance of the Clone Wars you know, it, it does fill in the gap. But again, it makes you appreciate that storyline that you see in that right. prequel. All right. Yeah. Zach, any, any final thoughts about the prequel trilogy? Um, you know, I love all Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Prequels are no exception. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, and I think uh, you would both um, back this up that again, even if you weren't a fan of the prequel trilogy, you kind of stayed away from it. You know, you saw those gaps mm -hmm. in it. It wasn't really your cup of tea. Watch the Clone Wars and then go back and watch them again. Right. We think you'll have a different viewpoint of the prequel trilogy. Exactly. So, Zach, Zach, thank you so much for joining us today, taking yeah. time out of your morning to come on with the show. And um, we really appreciate having you on. And we are going to do an episode in the future talking about the Clone yeah. Wars. And we'll have a lot of fun with that for sure. I'd be... I'd be really happy to do that. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been our pleasure. Like I said, our honor. We really appreciate, you know, your perspective on it and glad you shared it with us today. Yes, for sure. I love doing this every time. So That's have awesome. me back. All Absolutely. right. Yay. Absolutely. And that is our look at what we love about the Star Wars prequel trilogy.
So thanks again to Zach. Uh, so fun talking about the the Star Wars prequel trilogy yeah. with him. He makes a great guest, and I'm glad and excited we're going to have him on again. Yeah, definitely. You know me, as I mentioned in the episode or in the uh, the topic there, that um, I love to talk about the Clone Wars at every chance I get, and then that's going to be a fun episode. The only thing I'd be trying to keep it to a shorter segment <laughs> Good luck uh, with because that. <laughs> uh, the Clone Wars are so in-depth and there's so much to talk about for sure. Absolutely, and yeah. Anyways, thanks again, Zach. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your input for sure. And we have we have uh, actually a lot of our cousins, uh, young cousins, scheduled to right. come on to talk about various different Disney related topics. I, uh, our cousin Josh is going to come on soon in a few weeks to talk about Marvel. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Our cousin Lexi is going to come on. We haven't pinpointed exactly what the topic is but she's always a blast too yes. so we're going to have a lot of fun uh, talking and getting a younger viewpoint of some of these Disney related topics right. in the upcoming week so that's a lot of fun So, oh and by the way if there's something you love about the Star Wars prequel trilogy uh, send it to us let us know hit us up on our Gmail account our social media whatever and we'll share it on an upcoming show yeah that'd be fun to hear yeah. your perspectives as well yes for sure so now let's get to the Disney stories of the week because there was a lot of stuff that happened this week because well, uh, D- Destination D23 is happening this weekend over at the Walt Disney World Resort. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But I want to start with some news that came out before that fan event even started out of Disneyland over here on the West Coast. And that was that we learned a few details about the reimagining of a Disneyland park land. I know. That was exciting news. Yeah. So this is from the Disney Parks blog. They say an ambitious reimagining of Mickey's Toontown in Disneyland Park will debut in early 2023 alongside the new attraction Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. This news was shared on Monday at the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, the IAAPA Expo, by chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, Josh Dumaro. We'll get to in a little bit. He shared a lot more at the D20 destination D23 expo there. They went on to say, building on the legacy of Mickey's Toontown, Imagineers are working to create some all new experiences so families and young children can have more opportunities to play together inside Disneyland Park. The beloved Mickey's Toontown will transform into a vibrant symphony of sights, sounds, and sensations. Focusing on today's families with young children, Mickey's Toontown will feature new play experiences as well as open grassy play spaces for everyone to unplug. The land will have landscaping for both spontaneous family play and parental relaxation, which everybody, <laughs> all parents are going to need at some point when yes. they go to Disneyland Park. For oh, sure. yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was time to, to take a look at that location anyways. Um, and it's just exciting to see more development at the Disneyland parks. Right. It's always kind of been that space to let the kids go a little wild while you took a seat somewhere right. around there. Uh, but it looks like they're going to open up a few more spaces to give parents more of a relaxing area to sit back and, and watch the kids run around and do all these interesting play experiences right. uh, throughout this area. And that's good to hear, especially when they're you know adding this brand new fabulous attraction that we've been lucky enough to experience, of course, at Disney. Hollywood Studios yeah. over Walt Disney World. So that coming to that area is going to be fantastic as well. So the story went on to say one of the new areas coming to Mickey's Toontown will be Centennial Park. <laughs> uh, the first space guests will see when they enter. The natural space will be anchored by two interactive play experiences. At the center of Centennial Park will be a fountain designed for play, which will also become a center icon for Mickey's Toontown. At its base, water tables will invite guests to play with the water and have a sensory experience. <laughs> 
experience. <laughs> Sorry, parents. They'll be fun for the kids. I yes. guess it's good on a hot day, but eh, you know, you may have <laughs> want to bring a towel in that backpack or whatever, Wendy, just in case. Yeah. At night, the fountain will be brought to life with a unique spectacle, which is interesting. I'm interested to see what happens, uh, how that that fountain will light up or whatever it will do when the nighttime comes around. Meanwhile, at a nearby dreaming tree will be inspired by the tree. uh, Young Walt Disney would daydream under in his hometown. Sculpted tree roots will provide an opportunity for children to play, crawl and explore and undulating topography will offer rolling hills and a place to sit and dream. That sounds really cool. It does. It does. Really imaginative. Love it. Yeah. For sure. So they say in addition to reopening in 2023 with a new family-friendly and adventurous Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Mickey's Toontown will still be home for many beloved characters, including Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Goofy, Donald Duck, and more. And Mickey's Toontown will close in March of 2022 to begin creating these all new experiences. So get set for that. But uh, I think it needed a little love. Uh, It has for several years now. And uh, the fact that they're going to go through this and the, the concept art work looked beautiful yeah right that the concept art did look really really intriguing and it's always like i said it's always fun to visit again and see the park new yes for sure so it'll be great to see that uh, space when we get to it in 2023 now on to the real announcements that happened because there was a ton of it that came out yesterday on saturday uh at the destination d23 happening at the walt disney world resort i'm going to go through i can't go through everything now i will say that there are some people criticizing that there weren't enough announcements uh at this destination d23 but i think there was a uh, there was a lot of good stuff there's a lot of stuff coming up that we got more details on and let's face it there's a couple other events coming within the next with less than a year uh including the d23 expo 2022 right uh, which will be is the bigger event which will have much more involved in it with that that's coming uh, next september and there's even star wars celebration coming up here in uh may i believe of next year mm-hmm. and there's also of course uh, um comic-con you know so there's all sorts of spaces for more news to come out within the next year so i think they wanted to give fans a piece of information here this was always kind of this is destination d23 is always kind of d23 expo light anyway uh but when you have less time until you get to the bigger event uh they're probably going to curb a lot of their announcements slightly yeah and i i mean i think these they were doing a great job of, you know, giving some information about the future, whether it be near future and a little further out, uh, but also recapping if, if you haven't been able to get to the parks or really research what's going on in the parks, it gave a nice update of things that have been uh, more recently brought back. Yeah, I, I thought it was exciting. It was kind of a good build up to finale to build up finale to Josh DeMauro's, uh talk there when he did say, look. These are all the things that have come back right. since COVID struck, you know, I mean, and we're, we're getting more back, but right, these are exactly. all the things that have already come back now and are on the horizon very soon. And I, I, I it touched me a little bit, yeah. you know, even though I know a lot of the things people are making fun of it, that some of the things have been back for a long time. Yes. But it still is like, oh yeah, it was so great after we had that out of our life for so long right. these things have come back and I, I i just enjoyed it for that yeah agreed and you know like i said i think that it was really beneficial for people who you know throughout the pandemic really didn't make plans to go to walt disney world or disneyland and or actually shanghai i mean they did cover several other parks as mm-hmm. well um the cruise line to 
really show everybody and showcase what has returned. And some of those things have just returned and some still need to re- are going to be returning in the near future. So I think it was a good way to bring some people who haven't been looking at traveling with a Disney um, Parker experience lately to see what's available to for them. For sure, for sure. So let's get to some of the announcements that he did go through uh, during this and some of the other panels for that matter. There was a couple things that came in other panels mm-hmm. as well. So uh, these were listed on d23.com and I took some from some other places on social media where I saw them and what we witnessed ourselves. We were watching the live stream as these right. things were happening. So um, we'll start with Across the Pond over at Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, this spring marks the start of the dazzling 30th anniversary celebration yeah. for Disneyland Paris. Hard to believe. It seems like we were just there for the candlebration <laughs> for 15 not that long ago. Uh, it begin, they say it which begins a new era in which every guest is encouraged to dream bigger, laugh louder, and smile wider. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the 30th anniversary celebration will kick off on March 6th of 2022 with new shows, entertainment, and decor along Main Street USA and new costumes for Disney pals making the resort shine brighter than ever. And they say that's not all that will be assembling to Disneyland Paris. Mm. As the celebration continues, Avengers Campus will welcome guests in summer of 2022. So uh, if you're looking to do the whole celebration thing, yeah, I mean, March is great. It's right. early on the celebration, but maybe you might want to wait till summer and get the Avengers Campus yeah. uh, there too. They go on to say the next chapter of the Global Avengers Initiative will offer incredible new experiences for superhero fans right on the heels of the opening of Disney's Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel earlier this year. So good good things coming. I'm sure we're going to get more announcements about what's coming to Disneyland Paris in the coming weeks as we get closer to that anniversary date as well. Yeah. So from Disneyland Paris, we move to the high seas and some more details about the Disney Wish that mm-hmm. came out. This was exciting stuff, I thought, personally. Yeah. Uh, while we've already heard about the delicious offerings and relaxing opportunities heading to the newest ship in Disney Cruise Line's fleet, the Disney Wish, which sets sail for the first time this summer... Is this next summer? Well, I guess it is... Is, is it this summer? Is it next summer? Yeah, this coming summer. This this coming summer, but yeah, I guess, but it's the next year, so that's why I was completely. Oh, whatever, I'm always confused. Anyway, <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> Let me get through all this. Uh, Saturday, we learned about two new shows premiering on the ship in the Walt Disney Theater. Disney's The Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah. And Disney Sees the Adventure. Yes, Disney Sees, S-E-A-S, the Adventure. Right. <laughs> Uh, the Disney's Little Mermaid will reimagine the Walt Disney Animation Studios classic with a modern and innovative take on a young girl learning the power of her voice. The show will feature dazzling special effects, innovative theatrical design, artistic choreography, and a reimagined script and score that will surprise and delight guests of all ages. Now, we've seen the Broadway, well, the touring company mm-hmm. of the Broadway version of The Little Mermaid, and we were delighted with it. It was yes. wonderful. Um, this is the first time, other than just small scenes, that we're going to see something about this at sea. Right. Um, but I'm excited for it because I, I love the, like I said, the Broadway version of The Little Mermaid. Yeah. I mean, it's just so cool that they're bringing back that classic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it makes sense because you're at sea and, and watching, a, you know, a play about being at the sea. It's true. <laughs> or under the sea. Hopefully you're not going <laughs> under the sea while you're on the Disney cruise. That. Unless you're going snorkeling or scubaing right, or whatever. Right. But yes. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think we need to take two here. <laughs> no, that's good. That's fun. Uh, speaking of the seas, Seize the Adventure uh, follows Goofy as he discovers his own inner captain with the help of, yes, Captain Minnie and an all-star cast of Disney and Pixar characters. This is going to be the show that kicks off, apparently, each sailing. Kind of yeah. like, um, what was the was it Adventure Awaits or whatever, the one that usually is kind of the opening show on many of the cruise ships right. something along something those lines like, yeah i think it's yeah. a little different name but like that yeah which kind of is a like just a starter show to kind of you know get you excited about what's to come you know but it's it's never been a really focused show i don't think this sounds like more of a focused real stage show so that's nice to get on your first night at sea right you know and and those shows are great because um you know for the kids it gives them familiar 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 and I'm having the trouble. I know. Familiar characters that they can see. And, you know, for, for us adults, it just always touches our heart because it brings back memories mm-hmm. of, you know, when we were little and younger. And it's great. It gets you really in the mood for being immersive in this fun experience. Yeah, for sure. And I'll admit that, you know, you we rarely miss the key shows mm-hmm. that happen aboard a Disney cruise during the time you're there. But that first night show... We've seen it a couple times. Eh, we were good. We never right. really had to go back. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. This one sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward yeah, to checking that out. More of a storyline to yeah, it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, we move on and out here to the West Coast, where we've learned a lot of interesting things about what's coming here to the Disneyland Resort. And I'm going to start with Magic Band Plus. Hey! is coming here along with to the Walt Disney World Resort. And for those of you who have never been to Disneyland, we have not had magic bands. I know. This is, we've wondered for a long time, like, why can't we have magic bands? We're excited that some sort of magic band, even though it's the Magic Band Plus, Plus. the little bit more pricey version of it or whatever, but it does a little more. Um, we're excited that that is coming out here to the Disneyland Resort. I know. And, you know, it's been forever that we've been wondering, when is that going to happen? Because we have seen... Um, um, when fast passes were, you know, being used, that they did have the same kind of post scanners. So it's like, well, if we have the technology and the equipment, why aren't we using magic bands? Why are we still taking photos at the front entrance and things like that with a phone? And um, this is truly truly exciting to finally be happening yeah. in the near future. Very excited for that. Uh, the Enhanced Magic Band Plus wearable technology and Hey Disney Voice Assistant recently announced for Walt Disney World Resort will also be coming to the Disneyland Resort in 2022. So that's kind of a in your uh, hotel rooms, they will have this system. It's an Alexa-based system where you guys say, Hey Disney, and then you can ask a question and it'll answer questions, kind of help you set your day yeah. as you go along. So that's kind of cool. Uh, this will mark the first time Magic Band Plus will be available at Disneyland Resort or Magic Band in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will have its own unique features to better enhance the guest experience with hands-free convenience and unlock moments of magic unique to Disneyland Resort guests. The Hey Disney voice assistant, meanwhile, will work alongside Alexa and also will begin rolling out on Amazon Echo devices in guest rooms across the hotels of the Disneyland Resort. So all more technology. I'm I'm all for more technology and that's a good thing. So Michelle, as Michelle rolls her eyes over here, I don't think she's (laughs) crazy about the, the, the Hey Disney thing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The monitoring when I'm in a hotel room. (laughs) It's a little something. Do you have your phone with you when you're in the hotel room? I know. I know. You're being monitored. (laughs) 
Um, but one of the things I did notice um, on the Disney Parks blog is that the um, Magic Band Plus, at if you get one for Walt Disney World, it, it can also be used at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So very good. It sounds like they're going to be interchangeable. So well, I hope so for the different parks. Hope so. Yeah, make it easier if you're associated with your a little less cost than having to buy one for both. If, right, if you go visit right. both for so. Or get confused and grab the wrong Magic Band Plus. <laughs> oh, I'm at Disneyland and I grab my Walt Disney World one. Right. Shoot. I know. Right, yes. So. Uh, moving on, we also received the exciting details about the proposed new Disney Vacation Club Tower coming to the Disneyland Hotel Complex. They said Disney Imagineers are hard at work infusing the resort with the elements that bring Disney storytelling to life, all inspired by characters and stories from Walt Disney Animation Studios' classic films. I know they specifically said a lot of the decor Mm -hmm. is based on a lot of the, uh, not the animation, but some of the concept art for Sleeping Beauty. Right. Which uh, really looked beautiful. The the rooms, the the concept art for the rooms looks spectacular. Very excited for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes along with the whole theme of the Disneyland Hotel anyways, being just such a iconic location, very classic mm-hmm. uh, for Disneyland Resort, you know, and, and linking it with the parks as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, uh, I thought the artwork for the, uh, the new tower looked spectacular. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for it. Uh, there will also be an, a newly designed pool and recreation area along with a variety of room types and the ability to explore the magic steps away at the Disneyland Resort. And we said we were not going to buy any more Disney Vacation Club points <laughs> after the last one, but this may be one we need to buy into right. when they become available, just so we have something at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, exactly. It, and it, it just looks very charming. Mm-hmm. It does. It looks charming. Um, and it's something that's necessary, and they need more DVC rooms out of the Disneyland Resort for yeah. sure. So, Also, we learned Disney will be reimagining a portion of the downtown Disney district later this year. They'll begin replacing the space where the long-closed former AMC theaters mm-hmm. are located if you know downtown Disney at all uh, they'll be replacing that with sort of a grassy space for guests to relax and enjoy or maybe take in some possible entertainment offerings that are there and there'll also be some new shops and dining offerings in that location as well so it's good because that's it's just been this building that they basically put signage out now right. because it, they, they haven't opened when they even when they reopened like Earl's Sandwich and some other spaces around there and they've like did the Rainforest Cafe is like a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge gift shop right. now or whatever they've done some things with a few of those buildings but they've done nothing with the theaters right. there so it's, right. it's good that they're going to at least approach it and do something with it yeah I mean it definitely can handle having more options of people for shopping and eating etc yeah oh yeah that area they could do a lot to that area and make it even better for for people for people who are staying nearby or just want to visit for the day right for sure so and finally we we received confirmation that yes the main street electrical parade will be returning to the happiest place on earth in 2022 as will phantasmic and the world of color very exciting yes yeah thrilling to hear that yeah just so excited for Can't sure wait. finally at the walt disney world resort we've got some new details about the reimagining of epcot disney confirmed that the walt disney statue that was announced first at the d23 expo 2019 is still in the works and is in the process of being created to be placed in the world celebration area of the resort uh they even showed us a little work on the model version of mm-hmm. it and it looks Absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, when they have statues, you, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of see the person in that. But this really seems to capture Walt, his essence, 
you know, and, and how they position it, him, you know, as a dreamer looking out over Epcot. And it's just such a touching yeah. tribute. Joy in his face, kind right. of looking at, you know, ah, really happy with how this turned out. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that was, it really is. It's a wonderful statue. When we saw it the first time displayed at the D23 Expo mm-hmm. 2019, we were really excited about it. Well, you know, with some delays and some things that we're not sure are going to happen that they've originally announced there, we weren't completely sure about the right. statue, although we believed it was happening. Uh, this was confirmation. Definitely still happening. And it's going to be there um, hopefully pretty soon. Yeah. So that's good. So also we got another peek at the new attractions, Guardian of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which will open to guests in summer of 2022 as part of the Walt Disney World Resort 50th anniversary celebration. Guests will be invited on the intergalactic chase through time and space in the newly renamed World Discovery neighborhood of Epcot, where the attraction is located. This family thrill coaster attraction will match the scale and adventure of Guardians of the Galaxy films, including two thrilling Milestones. It will feature the first reverse launch on a Disney yeah. coaster, which has Michelle uh, terrified, <laughs> and will be one of the longest fully enclosed coasters in the world. Also, we received a special transmission from Academy Award nominated actress Glenn Close, who revealed that she will be reprising her role as Nova Prime, the Xandarian leader and commander of the Nova Corps. Guests will enter the new Wonders of Xandar Pavilion uh, via the Galaxarium and proceed through Xandar Gallery, where they will learn more about Xandarian people as well as the similarities that connect Earth and Xandar. So it was great to see that, you know, it doesn't really shock me that she's coming back to play a small role in this Mm-hmm. in this but it was really nice to see Glenn Close uh, again as Nova Prime. Yeah it was great getting that confirmation and it just helps add more I don't want to say realism because it's this pretend thing but you know connection with the the films that we love. Yeah I think the pre-show from what everything I've seen the concept art knowing that she's coming back to be a part of it um, everything we've seen from the pre-show for the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic mm-hmm. Rewind uh, looks like it's going to be you know fantastic from the moment you entered the building all the way through to when you walk off the attraction itself so very very cool Cool. so also we received more information of what to expect if you're booking a trip aboard galactic star cruiser Mm -hmm. yep including we saw josh tomorrow ignite the real lightsaber (laughs) uh, that will be used by the crew of the halcyon unfortunately from what we understand guests won't be using that one but that'll be part of the show activities that go on uh, throughout the ship Uh, we also got our first look at what uh, lightsaber training would be like for guests Josh tomorrow went through a little of that. That looked like a lot of fun as well. And we received a lot more information about the crew and what your two nights sailing aboard the ship might entail, including some interesting entertainment that I think we're going to, I heard we're going to get a little sneak peek of during the Disney holiday special that I believe is coming up next week. So going to get a little taste of Galactic Star Cruiser with your holiday celebrations. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just really exciting. Um, to hear them elaborate a little bit more on how as a guest on the um, Galactic Star Cruiser that you really are a part Mm -hmm. or you choose how much you want to be a part of the story itself. Yeah. Um, We got some information on uh, several of the crew members and a little backstory behind them, which I love the backstories behind all that stuff. And there were some people that were lucky enough to be invited aboard the Galactic Star Cruiser this week. Right. They gave some interesting reports about what's uh, aboard, mm-hmm. all the things they enjoy, the food, the cabins, uh, the experiences that are there, and they all sounded wonderful. And I'm 
jealous that I wish we could be going on it soon. We have some things going on early in the year next year. So we probably can't put that money, especially that much money into something like that. But maybe in the future, we'll see how things work out. Yeah. I mean, got to decide between the wish or Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah, we're doing the wish. We already booked the wish. (laughs) Uh, But maybe in the future, we'll do Galactic Star Cruiser. We will see. We are are very excited about it. Probably be a one and done thing because it's so expensive. (laughs) But we would love to have that experience at some point. So, uh, Finally, over at Magic Kingdom, we learned that there's a new Cinderella Castle stage show heading to the most magical place on Earth, Mickey's Magical Friendship Fair, which will feature a new opening and finale with a new original song, Where the Magic Feels Like Home, and Mickey and Friends will be in their 50th anniversary celebration costumes. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, it's really cute. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's also a new cavalcade coming to the Magic Kingdom, which I love the cavalcades right. personally. I think they're great. Uh, Disney Adventure Friends Cavalcade will feature Pixar and and Disney characters, including Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps, two of our favorites. Right. The Incredibles, the Three Caballeros, Merida from, of course, Brave, mm-hmm. uh, Mulan, Stitch, Clarabelle Cow, and <laughs> many more. So that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting that they are, um, you know, a lot of the announcements, not a lot, but several of the announcements that we heard um, were they're combining animation characters Pixar and, and Pixar. Disney Animation Studios, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, hearing that, like, in the Cavalcade, uh, the show on The Wish, mm-hmm. um, and I thought there was something else we heard, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe Sounds I'm wrong. a little familiar, but yeah. But yeah, I, that they're, they're starting to combine some of those characters you know, in the same. Well, I mean, they did it with Mickey's Philharmagic when they added the Coco scene right. with Donald Duck, of course, uh, intermingling yes. with Pixar. Uh, characters for the first right. time outside of uh, you know uh, Ralph breaks the internet, um, the first time that that's really happened in that in that scene. Which yeah, is a yeah, wonderful so. scene. I, I think it's open at Walt Disney World now. If you haven't gone and see it, check that out. Make it make an extra stop at Mickey's yeah. Philhar Magic just for that scene alone because yeah, it's brilliant. It's, mm-hmm. it's brilliant for sure. Uh, also at Animal Kingdom Park, we learned about the reimagining of Finding Nemo the musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be called Finding Nemo: The Big Blue and Beyond, and it takes place in the timeline of Finding. Dory, but will include a lot of the songs you know from the original show, and of course, the brilliant puppetry. Right. I was so th- relieved and happy to hear that because, um, you know, I just it's mesmerizing watching the puppetry that they that Disney uses in in the parks, and I was sad to see that show leaving and worried that it wasn't going to return, and glad that they've actually reimagined it, so it'll be something new to watch. Yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing what comes of that and how that show compares to the original mm-hmm. show, but I'm sure it'll be wonderful. And again, the puppetry and the songs, it's always so good. Right. So uh, finally, both they announced that both Fantasmic mm-hmm. and, yes, the Festival of Fantasy Parade will be returning to Disney's Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom Park, respectively, sometime in 2022. Again, great news, more entertainment returning, including we love the cavalcades, mm-hmm. but it's great to have a parade coming back to Magic Kingdom. Right. And with Fantasmic, it sounds like they um, they did mention adding a scene to it. So, you know, reimagining it, uh, I know that on the west coast here we've really loved the reimagined um, phantasmic that took place several years ago and well glad that's coming back but glad to see that they're doing that on uh, the east coast too yeah so looking forward to seeing what uh, the new a version of the mm-hmm. new upgraded Fantasmic that's going to be hitting. And just glad, again, more entertainment options, always good. Right. So uh, like I said, there were several other announcements, but those were the key ones right there. I hit a lot of them. And uh, it's, it's always great to hear things moving forward within the parks. Right. I mean, whether you've taken a 
trip or vacation at a Disney park in the last, you know, uh, several months or plan some in the future, there's more and more things coming that will make your vacation even more exciting. Yep, for sure, for sure. Lots of great stuff coming, for sure. Yeah. Uh, finally, I wanted to pass this along because it's important information you'll need to know if you have a Disney cruise schedule for 2022, especially if you have little ones mm-hmm. that are coming with you. And this is from Disney Cruise Line blog, not officially associated with Disney Cruise Line, but he does a great job of breaking down mm-hmm. stories involved with Disney Cruise. Uh, he said today, which was, I think that was on Monday, I don't know, it was earlier this week, mm-hmm. uh, Disney Cruise Line updated their Know Before You Go webpage with the language that all guests ages five and up will be required to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 for sailings beginning on or after January 13th, 2022. So coming up pretty quickly, you're going to have to make your decisions on that, whether you want to get your kids vaccinated or whether you want to shift your cruise uh, before too long. Right. And uh, fully vaccinated is two weeks post the second dose. So if people have uh, travel plans in January, they do need to start expediting some action on that if they're going to continue with the with the cruise. Um, the other thing that I, I believe, I, I haven't checked with Disney Cruise Line, so I'm not 100% sure with this, but what people who are uh, going on upcoming cruises in um, November and December that Disney has said if your child 5 to 11 is fully vaccinated for the cruise, they don't have to do the pre-testing, just the testing at the port. Right. Just like everybody just else like who's fully vaccinated. Right. right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, if you are fully vaccinated, you do not need to do a test prior to getting to the port. Then you would do, everybody does the, the, the test right. uh, before you get on board the ship. Once right. you get to the port and that is uh, paid for uh, by Disney Cruise Line. Exactly. But if if your child is under 12 and not fully vaccinated, then you, you do your pre-test prior to getting to the port. Like three days out, three, I believe. Yeah. yeah, 24 hours to three days out. Yep. Yeah. So um, also guests uh, sailing on the Disney Dream and Disney Fantasy through May 30th, the Disney Magic through May 8th and the Disney Wonder through April 17th of 2022 may modify their sale date or cancel their sailing without any Disney imposed cancellation fees uh, by contacting uh, Disney themselves or by contacting your travel agent by December 1st of 2021. So if you have one of those sailings coming up and you don't believe you're you either you, you choose not to get your kids vaccinated, which Michelle is getting your kids vaccinated safe. Yes. Okay. Uh, if you choose <laughs> to not take that information and don't get your kids vaccinated, uh, you can still either cancel or shift your cruise to a later date. Right. And if you ever have a cruise planned, and even if it's at the time of going to the cruise ship and you have identified that you have COVID, um, Disney will work with you. They do not want you to board the cruise being sick. And um, so they're very generous. Well, they with, allow you to right, well yeah, if you're actually testing positive. But, um, you know, we just don't want people to worry thinking, oh, I've, you know, I possibly have COVID, but I don't want to totally lose all that, right, all that money. Contact Disney. They, they really want to keep everybody on board safe. And they're, you know, they don't want you to be penalized because of your honesty. Yes, for sure. So yeah, definitely don't be afraid to reach out to Disney and let them know I've been Mm -hmm. exposed. I don't have it necessarily, but I've been, you know, and I don't know what the outcome might be concerned about the cruise, what you can do to uh, alter your plans. Right. uh, Possibly. So 
good advice. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle. One, because she's awesome, wonderful, (laughs) all things great in the world. She does the best research. She has the very best list, but she also has (laughs) extremely, really the best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, honey. You're so sweet. So my tip uh, is relating to Disney Vacation Club. And, you know, if you're ever planning a trip and you just find that you're shy several points uh, and you don't necessarily want to borrow from a future year, whatever, um, Disney actually gives you, Disney Vacation Club actually gives you the opportunity to purchase up to 24 additional vacation points, you know, so you're not using it from your pool. You're just purchasing a one-time use of those uh, points. Um, right now, there the current rate is about nineteen dollars per point, um, and you know that could sometimes vary, but that's about the average right now. But at least you have that option, you know, if you're getting to make plans and and you're just shy a, a couple points, you don't have to, um, like I said, you don't have to borrow from your next year. You can just purchase um, that one time volume of points up yeah. to 24 points yeah it's really good information to know i mean you could end up being just that those little sliver of points short and uh, you need to do something about it so it's, that's really good to know yeah shows yeah. tips <laughs> so good always so good oh you're so sweet but anyways to to find out about that you can actually uh, either just call member services at disney vacation club but they do have information on their website about this good to know yeah um they'll they'll always very helpful uh, yeah. if you have any questions involved your membership for sure so good stuff michelle thank you i always have to follow that up with my little tiny tip um but here's mine for this week uh if you enjoyed watching some of the live streaming footage from and the announcements that came out of destination d23 a lot of what we talked about today and maybe you got a little bit of fomo from it well i'd like to suggest that you look seriously into planning a trip to anaheim in september of 2022 for D23 Expo 22, because it really is the ultimate Disney fan event. You thought this was cool? Wait till you see what D23 Expo is like. It's that that destination D23 on steroids. It's so much grander, so much bigger, so much more amazing. Uh, There's more fun, more interesting panels. Uh, They have amazing show floor with all sorts of interesting and sometimes rare items for purchase or just to check out, including amazing displays of Disney. Disney's past, present, mm-hmm. and future. They even have smaller panels that you can just kind of stumble across right. on the floor that you can take in some of the little 15-minute things or whatever mm-hmm. and that have some people that you would know and love from the Disney community there. Uh, there's such amazing, positive Disney energy that is at that expo. It's just oh, yeah. always so much fun. The cosplay is spectacular. It's just a good time. Uh, it's September 9th through the 11th at the Anaheim Convention Center, which is also... An easy walk to Disneyland, right. by the way. So you can make it a twofer there. You yes. can do the D23 Expo. And if you've always wanted to go to Disneyland, have that extra on there as well. Right. And go right. check that out. And tickets go on sale on January 20th. We plan on going again because we've done it a couple times and we've enjoyed the heck out of yeah. each time. Um, highly recommend you go check it out for yourselves. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And if you're ever wondering what it's like or, or if 
you know, get a taste of it, an idea of it to make your decision, you can listen back at some of our, we did some episodes uh, pre that in terms of information on preparing for it, but we also did some um, just post days out there. Yep, you get to hear the one episode that I took, had to do the whole thing because poor <laughs> Michelle uh, got food poisoning when she was out there and was down for the count for I one know. day, poor thing. Uh, but she rallied like a trooper and we finished out our well, fun we time. Well, get an IV and that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you got to do. Take one for the team there. Yeah. Uh, but it was a, Anyway, that was a good time. And um, we hope you go. And we plan on being there. And we'd love to see you out there. So right. For sure. Good so, tip, honey. Yeah, thanks. So uh, that's it for this week. Next week, well, I saw something on the calendar originally, but I think it's changed. So, Michelle, what has next week's topic changed to? You don't know? It has changed to holidays at the Disney parks or oh, something along yeah, those lines. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And it's funny, I can't remember because this was only a few days ago that I was updating the calendar. <laughs> like to do switcheroonies. <laughs> yes, right before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Although the, the thing is, I do these late at night. You're already asleep, you know, so like around. So uh, like 8.30? Yeah. <laughs> Actually later, but yeah. <laughs> and then I just don't think about telling you in the morning. <laughs> Anyway, it's going to be something holiday and Disney related. I don't know what it is, but we'll let you know on the newsletter and it's sure to be a lot of fun next week. So uh, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, we'd really love you to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. Just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast if you're on facebook come on over and join us for the good positive disney energy fun we're having at the hyperion adventurers facebook group uh we also are on youtube you can check us out there just do a search for hyperion adventures podcast hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video there and if you ever want to contact us for any reason please hit us up at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com Right. And one of the things we also want to remind you is if you just tell a friend or family member about this podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it. The easiest and best way to share that uh, this is a show that people might love that you love. Yeah. So That's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.